This is Archive Atlanta, Episode 2, Alexander Hamilton. You're listening to Archive Atlanta, a history podcast where each week I'll be sharing a story about the people, places, and events that shape the history of the city of Atlanta. I'm your host, local tour guide, and total history nerd, Victoria Lamos. Hey everyone, welcome back. I am so glad that my introduction did not scare anyone away because I am really excited to bring my first Atlanta story to your ears. This episode is all about Alexander Hamilton, and I know what you're all thinking. I had no idea Alexander Hamilton was from Atlanta or had ever been to Atlanta. But here is where my cheesy punchline comes in, and I get to say, that's not that Alexander Hamilton. I will say that I do feel for anyone that's named after the Founding Father because you are impossible to Google, and that could be a good thing. But I hate that the people of history with that same name, and yes, they do exist, have their stories lost or still undiscovered because every single search result just asks you if you want tickets to the Broadway play. And hey, I am not hating on the play because I want tickets just as much as you do. I first learned about Atlanta's Alexander Hamilton four or five years ago when I was writing my tour, my Auburn Avenue tour. I realized that many of the buildings and houses that I were looking at were built by him. So a little further digging deeper and I realized how cool his story was. This is certainly one of the unknown histories of Atlanta. I have yet to meet another person who knows about Alexander Hamilton that isn't a historian or an academic or a complete nerd like I am. I know I always ask people on my tour and they look at me really blankly. And even his new Georgia encyclopedia entry has only one source. So there's just not a lot to find. Thankfully, this changes today. And the best part is that there's a tangible legacy of his work that you guys can go visit. You can walk, you can bike, you can run, or you can drive. Atlanta loves to drive to all of the places that I'm going to tell you about in this episode. So Alexander Hamilton was born enslaved. In either Georgia, North Carolina, they're not really sure exactly where. The Civil War breaks out when he's in his early 20s, and he joins the fight in the Union Army as a soldier. When the war ends, he marries Martha Ann Coker, who they call Maddie, and the two of them move to Eufaula, Alabama, where they went to have five children. Now let me just back up to that Civil War for a quick second. After the war ends in the South, we enter a period of Reconstruction, And all of the newly freed men are now eligible to vote. Now, just the men, not the women, but that's another story. And all of them registered in mass. And in Georgia, we had 100,000 new black voters that the voting power elected 33 black legislators to public office here. Now, in Atlanta, it only lasted for one year. And that story will most definitely be its own episode one day. But I can only imagine that Alabama's story was very similar or possibly even worse. Nonetheless, we do know that Alexander Hamilton is one of these newly elected officials in the South, and he becomes involved in Alabama politics. First, he serves two years in the state legislature there, and then he gets elected to the Eufaula City Council. Sadly, his wife dies, so Maddie passes away, leaving him a widower with his five kids. I can't figure out in my research if this happened in Alabama or after they moved to Atlanta, but we do know that Alexander Hamilton and his five kids moved to Atlanta in 1877, and it's here that he marries his second wife, who is named Katie Grant, but it's also where he starts his construction company and becomes a very well-respected builder in the community. 
1894, he's built his very own house, which was on Hilliard Street, and he lived there until he died. And they're pretty sure that he built other homes in the neighborhood. There's no hard evidence, but, you know, if he's a builder and he's building his own home, he may have built his neighbors or someone up the street. But what's really interesting is that in the Auburn community, in the late 1880s, 1890s, homes that were being built were mainly for white clients. Very few black families had the financial means to build their own home, so Alexander Hamilton was doing that work for white families. Alexander and Maddie's firstborn son was named Alexander Daniel Hamilton after his father, and Alexander D., which is what we're going to call him going forward for the sake of clarity, which you'll understand very soon why we need clarity. He was born in 1870, uh, moved to Atlanta when he was, I think, six years old, and then he went to the public schools here in Atlanta, and he graduated and went to Atlanta University, which we now call Clark Atlanta. So he was in college for three years before he left to join his father's contracting firm. A lot that I've read about him says that he really enjoyed architecture and building materials. So, you know, it wasn't just, oh, let me join the family business. I think he actually had an interest in it as well. Two years after joining his dad's business, he met and married Nellie Cook, and he and Nellie had seven children. They were named, ready, Alexander Hamilton. They chose Junior, though. And what's really cool about Alexander Junior is that when he grew up, he joined the family business as well. So it's Alexander Junior, Eunice, Theron, Henry, Marion, Nellie, after the mother, and Joseph. Now, Alexander D. was a big deal in the Atlanta community, but also in the United States. There is a book that I found in my research that I fell in love with. It was called The National Cyclopedia of the Colored Race, Volume 1. It's going for about $2,000 on eBay, so Santa, if you're listening, please add that to my list. But it's basically a who's who of black successful men and even women at that time in this book. It's like a brag book. It was written in 1919, and in the preface, it says that the book's purpose is to inform and to inspire. I was reading it for hours, but there is a one-pager on Alexander D. that was really great, and I want to read you this excerpt so that you can hear exactly how it was worded. Quote, he owns a $7,000 home, has pieces of rent property valued at $5,500, carries $17,000 life insurance, the payment of whose policies requires a pretty large income, and has some $3,000 invested in various Negro enterprises, end quote. It also goes on to talk about his civic involvement, his church involvement, and explains his father's stress on education. So Alexander Hamilton was really big on all of his children being educated. Alexander D. was also a 33rd degree Mason, which I have no idea what that means, but it does sound very fancy. But what's really cool is that his lodge was the Prince Hall Masonic Lodge in Atlanta. And just a side note, uh, Prince Hall Masons are historically African-American Masons. So let's talk tangible. All of this information is great, but like I said in my introductory episode, I want to see things that connect me to the stories that I hear. But the good thing is that when it comes to A. Hamilton and Son, as the business was called, they have left a lot for us to see. The oldest home on my list is the 1908 Linton Hopkins House. So the current address is 239 15th Street. It's in the middle of Ansley Park, kind of that main 
drive of Ansley Park that's right off Peachtree Street. And it's a shingle-clad Dutch colonial revival. It was built by Alexander Hamilton and his son, Alexander D., working together. And Ansley Park is interesting in itself. It's kind of like an Inman Park Jr., um, Inman Park being the first rich white suburb of Atlanta. And Ansley Park was built very much in that same purpose and attracted rich white families. The difference with Ansley Park is that it did not suffer white flight the same way that almost every other in-town neighborhood did. With all this information, the fact that the Hamilton firm was building homes for wealthy white clientele in 1908 basically tells us that he had the skills. He knew how to build the house. He had the techniques. I mean, think about it. 1908 and a white family is hiring a black man to build their homes. And that was a big deal. Now, the sad news is that Alexander Hamilton dies in 1911, just a few years after building that house, and his son, Alexander D., begins to run the company on his own and eventually changes the name to Alexander D. Hamilton, Builder. Very simple. I do like it. (laughs) Now, the second building you can see is at 491 Auburn Avenue. So if you've ever been to the Dr. King birth home, this is about two houses down, and it's really right behind the firehouse. It's a four-apartment building, and it's like a burnt orangey pink color. I've tried to look at it three times and get the name of the color, but I don't know. It's kind of orangey. I hope that helps. In 1911, there was a white widow who lived down on Spring Street. Her name was Mary Delbridge, and she had money to buy an empty lot right there. And her plan was to build a four-unit apartment and then three double shotgun houses. So for this grand plan, she hires Alexander D. to design and construct the apartment house in the front and the double shotgun houses in the back. This was really his first major solo job. I always try to think a little deeper when I hear about history. So his father passes away a few years ago, and now he here he is running the company, and this is his first major gig. And I try to imagine, you know, was he nervous? Was he excited? Was he sad? Was he scared? I don't know, but it's amazing to me that that's still there, and I get to think about those things when I look at it. Now, unique feature of this four-apartment house is that it had a bathroom, and that was a big deal because at that time, only 15% of homes in the United States had a bathroom. In the United States. So it was a big thing. And granted, if you think about it now, four apartments had one bathroom, but that was an amenity. Next up, it's one of my favorite buildings in the city, which will most definitely have its own episode in the future, the Butler Street YMCA. Hamilton built this in 1916. It was designed by Neil Reed, who is a very well-known Atlanta architect, white Atlanta architect. Now, the building has been vacant since, I think, 2008 when we had the tornado, but it's still beautiful. You should still go see it. I don't have an exact address, but it's on Jesse Hill Jr. Drive, right between Auburn Avenue and Edgewood. Now, that street used to be called Butler Street, which is why we call it the Butler Street YMCA. So go check that out, but I also do have pictures of all of these buildings that I'm talking about on the website. In 1916, Alexander D. built Robert Hall, which is a dormitory at Morehouse College. So Joseph Robert was the first president of the college, and they erected this building to be the college's first residence hall. Now here's the mind-blowing fact. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s first dorm room is on the second floor of Robert Hall. So Alexander D. builds a building that then Dr. King dorms in. 
that blows my mind. Now, sadly, this is the one building I don't have a picture of. You do need an ID to be on the Morehouse campus, and I love you guys, but I do draw the line at trespassing for the sake of my podcast. But Google it. There are a lot of pictures online, and there are also really incredible buildings on the campus of Morehouse. Now, the year after Robert Hall, so 1917, Atlanta suffers a terrible fire, rips through most of the old fourth ward, and I will have a very detailed episode about that in the future, but the entire block of homes that's on Irwin Street between Hilliard and Jackson has been destroyed. And most of those houses that were initially built by white families were being rebuilt by black families, and Alexander D. built many of those homes. The fifth structure that you can visit right now is Leet Hall. And let me tell you, I am no architecture nerd. I can only name the very basic styles, and I normally appreciate a building for what happened inside of it, not how it looks, but Leet Hall, it changed my life. And I'm not exaggerating. I remember the first time I pulled up and saw it like it was yesterday, and this was years ago. It's breathtaking. It's a gothic building. There's this bright white trim with these dark bricks. It was a blue sky, If you are going to only see one of Hamilton's creations, this is the one. Pick a sunny day. Also, you might want to pick a weekend. It is currently a school, and so I don't want anyone else getting arrested for trespassing. So it's really, it's a lot quieter on a Saturday or Sunday and really easy to just drive right up and take it all in. The building broke ground in 1920. It was originally part of the Gammon Theological Seminary. By 1946, it had become George Washington Carver High School, and now it's known as the New Schools at Carver. The last public building on my list is Big Bethel AME, and I'm going to assume that most of you have passed it while driving down Auburn Avenue, but if for some reason you don't drive down Auburn, I know everyone has seen it from the downtown connector, because I know that all of us have been stuck in traffic on the downtown connector, especially that perfect spot where you're stopped in your car, cursing Atlanta traffic, but if you look to your left, you see that blue neon sign that says Jesus saves. That is Big Bethel. And Hamilton did not originally build Big Bethel, but in the 1920s, the church caught on fire, almost burned completely to the ground, and it was renovated by Alexander D. and in that Romanesque castle-like look that it has today, and also during that renovation is when they put up the neon that everybody knows. So next time you're stuck in traffic, you can impress your friends and family by telling them about that and who put that up there. Also in the early 20s, there are several smaller buildings that he built on Auburn Avenue. Um, Most of them are still there. They had some businesses that are no longer there, but one of them that I've always read about is Ma Sutton's. She had a famous restaurant, and Alexander D. built that building that that was in. So there are your plans for the weekend, an Alexander Hamilton road trip. (laughs) But seriously, if you're going to see these places, there is one more I want to add to the list, and that is Alexander D.'s home. In 1865, he built the house that is currently standing at 102 Howell Street. And the block that he built his house in at the time that he did was elite. It was known as Bishop's Row because several of the Methodist bishops from Morris Brown, which was in the neighborhood at that time, lived on the street with him. Walter White, who was secretary of the NAACP, not the guy from Breaking Bad, he lived on the street. And Antoine Graves, who was a very prominent African-American real estate broker, um, lived on Houston Street. And this was also really the neighborhood of the King family as well, although a little later in time, but it was an elite African-American neighborhood. Now, the house is currently owned by M. Tamanika Youngblood, 
Uh, she's the president of Sweet Auburn Works, among many other titles. And I just found out that it is opening as a bed and breakfast. I cannot express how excited I am about this. They are calling it the Hamilton Howell House Bed and Breakfast. The website says it's coming in 2019. I cannot wait to book a room and have a little staycation because the just that I can say I slept in Alexander Hamilton's house will just make my day. That is the level of nerd that I am. But you guys can just drive on by if you want to see it. It's beautifully renovated. I also have photos of that on the website, archiveatlantapodcast.com. Now, if you would like some bonus stops, in 1930, one of Alexander D.'s other sons, Henry, married a woman named Grace Towns, who in 1965 became the first African-American woman who was elected to the Georgia State Legislature. The house that Grace grew up in is still standing, and the house that her and Henry lived in together is right next door. Both of these are basically next door to the Herndon home. So the Herndon home is an active museum that you can go see that I highly recommend, but you can drive by um, Grace and Henry's house. Let me warn you before you do this, the houses are in complete abandoned disrepair. And the preservation community just had this conversation a few days ago about the status of African-American landmarks. And it's a complicated, long discussion for another time. But I want you to see these important places and the state that they're in and how we can all work to change this. Now, one more little bonus story because I love this information. So I found out that there is an Alexander Daniel Hamilton VI. He graduated from Morris Brown. He has two master's degree, one from Yale. He has an MBA from Howard. He has a JD from Howard. And he has a PhD. And I don't know him. I mean, again, this is all from the internet. But what I love is that when I've read about how much Alexander Hamilton, the original Alexander Hamilton, impressed that education was so important for his five kids. Here he has a descendant that is not only named after him, but has also gone on to do incredible, amazing things with his education. And that to me is the beauty of history because that just warms my heart and it makes me happy. So Alexander D. dies in 1944, but he and his wife and a few of his kids are actually buried in Oakland Cemetery in the newly renovated African-American section. So this is why I love Oakland, and we'll talk about that later too, but there's a full circle here. So you are learning about Alexander Hamilton, you are seeing the legacy that he left, and then you get to go visit him at Oakland, you know, and see his final resting place and kind of give you an ending to the story. There you have it, the story of Alexander Hamilton and his family. My hope is that you learn something new, but more importantly, that you share this with someone else. Stories like this are what makes Atlanta the magical place that it is, and it's up to me and you to keep this moving forward. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so that you don't miss my future episodes. And if you want to be even more awesome, please leave me a review so that I can improve or continue doing what you like. Remember to check the show notes because I have links to my sources and also links to that book I mentioned, you know, in case anybody wants to get it for me. And also, please visit my website, archiveatlantapodcast.com for photos of everything that I talked about. I even have a historical photo of Alexander D. there for you guys can see what he looked like. But what I would really love to see is for you guys to go out and take your own photos. So explore the city, take your photos, and when you do, please, please, please tag me so I can see them. Hashtag Archive Atlanta, and I will like all of your photos. That's it. Have a great week, and I will see you next week.